inside the theater, Larry Ramon Khalif Till their arguments finish, they gon' stay in the street They've been at this for years, like every day of the week And every day they debate a new way to bring the heat They're outside the theater, committing flagrant fouls Until the referees team up the three of them Outside the three it up, the threats legends For best this is, your best bet is to listen to Outside the Theater Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Theater. I don't even know if this officially counts as an episode number. I guess I'll, I'll give it an episode number. Uh, we're in the 150s. I don't even remember right now. You know if you're, if you're uh, listening to this. But this is kind of a special different episode. Uh, it's me doing a Joker review solo. Uh, you'll hear more about it when we get into it. Uh, let's just kick it off. Uh, we want to give a shout-out to the amazing folks over at Audible. Uh, Audible has been there for a long time supporting us. Uh, you want to help us out, you want to hear more things like this, support our show. You can do that by heading on over to www.audibletrial.com slash outside the theater. I know it's a lot of words for your little fingers to type into the computer, but just do it. You're going to help us out. They're going to kick something back our way. You get yourself a free book, a free 30-day trial of the best book service there is. I can't tell you guys enough about it. I've talked to you about it a million times. Um, actually, I downloaded uh, the DJ, New York DJ Elvis Duran's book. I was listening to him. I listen to andrew yang's book star wars books so many books i've gotten from audible absolutely love it you can get a book too you can keep it for free you don't want to keep the 30-day trial you don't pay anything you keep that book forever and you can still use it the service still works for you you can listen to that book in the audible player anytime you want you do not have to pay anything for it so you're getting yourself a free book i think there's like over 200,000 books you can choose from head on over it's a it's a no-brainer a free book that someone reads to you I cannot stress it enough for you. Um, seriously, go check it out. Um, and go, go listen to Andrew Yang's book. It's so good. The War on Normal People. I've literally listened to it twice. D do that for me. Go hear that book and we can argue about that online. But let's get into the Joker review. Uh, it's going to be me today talking all about Joker. Uh, oh, spoilers galore. You know that already. You should know that by now. We're going to dive into Joker. As always, special shout out to the people who have been here since day one. The amazing folks over at Oranges. Oranges, they're a fruit you can eat. Enjoy the show, guys. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Outside the Theater. Uh, today's going to be a lot different. Uh, as you can see from the title, I say we, but it's me. Uh, I'm going to talk about Joker. Now, this is obviously a hot topic in the world of entertainment, uh, in pop culture, social media. Everybody's talking about the Joker. Everybody has an opinion. You know us. We always give our movie reviews for the most part. Um, but due to, I don't even want to say unforeseen circumstances, because the circumstances were very well known. Khalif Ramon have no interest in seeing this movie. I get it. They put their foot down and made their stance quite some time ago. I know uh, several uh, fans of the Joker and fans of comic books and DC in general who've kind of felt the same way. I almost could say I fell into that camp as well, except I am somewhat of a firm believer if you really want to be able to complain about something, you need to participate and see it, uh, especially when it comes to movies. So I went and saw Joker. I wanted to see Joker because um, I didn't want just the way I felt about it from the trailers to guide my opinion on the movie. Um, 
it's just not the way I operate personally. So I wanted to get into this, watch the movie fully, and then be able to say, okay, this is what I think of the film. Now, uh, to Joker's credit, it has taken on a, a life of its own. It has become way bigger than I imagined it would be. Um, I think than many people imagined it would be. Uh, you know, R-rated movie, some somewhat of a small budget compared to you know most comic book films. Uh, so, so you knew this was going to have some talk about it. Um, but but just the way that this become part of like the cultural zeitgeist, the craziness, the the never ending spin of social media nonsense. Joker is all consuming at this point in the media. And there's so much to talk about. You almost can't review this movie without first discussing that. And that's kind of where I have to go with this. So the first thing I want to talk about is the controversy surrounding this. And I apologize again if this isn't the type of episode you're used to. Hear me out. Just going to be me here. I'm going to talk about questions I've got from people, discussions, debates I've had. Things I've seen on the internet, just uh, comments from the directors, j- j- everything you can think of, I'm going to try to touch upon as, as far as I can think about it, or as far as I can last talking about this myself. Um, and then we'll probably get into the sh- it more during the show, uh, during our next episode, but I want there to just be one episode dedicated to this because it is such a hot button topic that I think it is worth discussing. So, uh, number one, the first thing you have to address when talking about this movie, you cannot avoid it is the controversy surrounding this film. Now, when I say the controversy surrounding this film, I don't just mean the controversy of, oh, it's it's a dangerous film, because we've heard that. Now, there's several... Uh, po- there's several different sides that people seem to be taking uh, in all this Joker nonsense, in, in my eyes. Um, the first... What people would label, or some people would label, the liberal media bias, uh, the bias, the idea that, let, let me step back, there's been two types of media uh, attention to this, because I think saying, I think there, there comes this nonsense, we live, we live in a time now where if you have a thought or an opinion, you get thrown into one of two parts, you're either a nut job liberal or a nut job Republican right winger, you can't just have a free thought. Um, I've given people my thoughts on this film. They've automatically lumped me in the, well, you're not what normal people think. You're part of the lip. And I'm just like, what are you talking? Do you even know me? I'm nothing like that. But this is the problem with our society today. We get lumped into one of two categories or, or one of two groups. And you, it's, it's tough to have an opinion when you're thrown into that and people just automatically shut off and won't listen to you. So that's, that's the number one problem before anything with this movie and i've got a lot of problems with this movie but the stupid the stupidity of these different sides have taken and we've seen this happen before it happens more and more with with popular films uh, star wars the last jedi uh captain marvel this now and, and it happens more and more with movies where there's this idea that there's this uh liberal media of and some of it's true. There, there's this left-wing agenda to trick people into only liking social justice warrior movies. And then there's what the people want, and people don't want that. And we've seen it uh, recently with Netflix and the the um, Dave Chappelle specifically that special, where like on Rotten Tomatoes, there's such a huge divide between critics and people. I've got news for you guys: Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, 
is the worst website in the world. Let me break this down for you. And again, to talk about Joker, I have to talk about all of this. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes is a nonsensical website because one, yes, there's tons of media critics and yes many of them do sway with liberal views and things like that if you want to you know chalk points up for your team but you have uh media paid media they they see these movies uh they see them at press junkets things like that they see it earlier than the public and they usually give out their opinions on the movies they rate it what happens with rotten tomatoes is if the critics like something then the movie theater uh, movie uses it as part of their promotion oh look it's certified fresh on rotten tomatoes they wait for that to become a marketing tool which is which is fine I, I like again let me preface i don't care about any of this as far as you want to make your money you, you, someone's going to pay me to make up stories about something you pay me fine whatever I, I really don't care but when i see the stupidity levels reach where it's reached now i have to comment on it that's that's my thing i have to give an opinion so with this Rotten Tomato stuff, I, I really feel that it's just become a garbage website because what happens is the media gives their opinions on a movie, right? And if it at all, in any way, incites something even vaguely political, then the opposite side of that, the more conservative side, the, the Twitter trolls, those type of people, come out in so much support of this movie. And, and you see a flip-flop vice versa. And sometimes it's just people disagreeing. But the bottom line is... Who actually uses Rotten Tomatoes? Really, take, take a second to think about it. And if you're listening to this show, you probably fall into a category where you're online a lot, right? You you spend the day on Twitter, not the day, but like you spend time on Twitter, you look at what people have to say. There's tons of people who don't do that, right? The, we talk about it all the time. The social media world, the Twitterverse, the cancel culture, the right-wing cancel culture, all of it left right i don't care where you fall it's a bubble we all live in these bubbles i i'm guilty of it in in some ways we're all guilty of it right we live in these bubbles in social media where we listen to people we like and they tell us what we want to hear and we go yeah that's that's right Uh, those people agree with my ideas and that's what i think and then anyone who opposes it even slightly we oh you're you're one of the other side and we don't like you and it's created this oh just ridiculous i won't use the word toxic because i can't stand it It gets thrown around so much about every little thing but it's just this garbage culture of online shouting at each other where where the point of and and this review is a, a perfect example of it the point the movie itself that's secondary to the stupid topics we we make important you know what did you think of the actual film well i think the liberal media bias is well, that's not the actual film, right? What did you think of the film? Well, the right, the right wing gun nuts—they're gonna—they're gonna tell—they're gonna push people. There's gonna be a shooting. What did you think of the movie? The actual movie, okay? And and it's f- perfectly fine if you love the movie. If you really, really think about it and you love them, that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'll fall into that category. I have my reasons for that, which I'll eventually get to. But this this uh, this be all end all Rotten Tomatoes nonsense. It's not a topic. It should be Rotten Tomatoes shouldn't be a website at this point because probably ten percent or less of the actual people who go on the internet take the time. I look at Rotten Tomatoes a lot just because of the the cultural talk online. I 
I don't ever recall actually wasting two to three minutes of my life to actually log on to that website and and rate a movie. I don't have time for that. I have a life. I'm busy. So the people who spend their day fighting and arguing about this are a certain class. They left and right or in the middle or whatever they have the time they put the effort in to do this that's not humanity that's not normal people it's a very small percentage same people who spend their entire day arguing on twitter most people don't have time for that and you and you trick yourself into thinking this is what the world's like it's not things are not black and white things are not simple right and left and it's sad that we get thrown into these categories because I, I I deal with it every day. Anytime I give an opinion on a movie, uh, there's an agenda behind it. Sometimes I think movies just suck. And sometimes I love most movies. I mean, like, you know, we brought up The Last Jedi. My God. Like this, I mean, this Joker's getting to that level, but I don't think it's ever hit, will hit Last Jedi levels. But to this day, even when, when reviewing Joker to people and just telling people what I thought about Joker, it's, oh, what about Last Jedi? Last Jedi was stupid. It's still this agenda-driven thing, and I don't I don't think it was. Personally, I, I liked the movie. I had fun with it. I think it had tons of flaws, but the good outweighed the bad for me, and I had a lot of fun with the movie, and I don't get it. I mean, lots of Star Wars is not good. There's a lot of bad moments you know, the same people who used to scream, George Lucas raped my childhood when the prequels were out, now are online petitioning for George Lucas to come back and fix Star Wars. It's just, it's nonsense. It's all nonsense. But because you have a hundred other people online going, yeah, yeah, you're right. Bring back, bring back Lucas, social justice words, blah. You get hyped up into this and you start believing your own hype. It's kind of, kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really weird that we've allowed this to amp us up. I mean, it's just crazy. So all all this controversy and, and nonsense beside, I will address each one. Right. So there's there's the idea that there's this liberal media bias that's pushing the idea that this is a dangerous movie and there's gonna be a there's gonna be a shooting at a theater and. I will say, there's a lot of that, that critique is is coming from a real place, because I've read so many ad nauseum articles about, oh, a man lit a cigarette in a theater, and uh, people thought it was going to be a shooting, and before the movie released, there were some websites, and I'm not thinking of any particular one offhand, but there was lots of articles posted that you got the vibe that it was almost saying like, gee, I hope no one shoots up a theater. Hey, did you hear me, guys? I hope no one shoots up a theater. It was that type of level of like, geez, do you people really want something terrible to happen? Like, because it'll get you more hits because you can write stories about it all week? So there is this kind of sick weirdness to that. Like, you get into the hype so much that you're almost egging it on. So I do think that critique is fair, though I don't think that anyone who dislikes this movie is on that side and that's that's the problem i have with it um and then there's the other side of it where people are you know if you're more conservative if you fall into that or quote-unquote right-wing side of thinking um you're in this state of this is the greatest film ever made because uh it's addressing you know all these issues and 
And they can't tell liberal media what to do, so we're going to support this blindly. And then there's the, the middle ground people who are just like, I just want to see a movie about the Joker. And I fall in this weird place where I don't think I fit into any of those categories because I, I have problems with all three. Um, and, and in a weird way, I kind of really respect the Joker marketing team or, or just... I don't even know if I would say respect as much as I'm fascinated by this bizarre sweet spot that Joker has seemed to have found where, you know, I was talking, you guys, if you've listened to this show before, you know Adrian, uh, he's done the song for us and he's been on a million different episodes reviewing movies with us and we were just kind of talking, he hasn't seen it yet, but he was asking me some of my thoughts without really going into spoilers, though we will talk spoilers here, so, you know, be, be ready to deal with that. But I was talking to him and I was just talking about how like I'm kind of tired of like having these back and forth arguments with people and like how dumb it is on like how everything's falling into this stuff. But uh, here I actually wrote to him. I said I found this amazing sweet spot like the movie found this sweet spot of like ultra liberals want to see this as an art house tale about mental illness and classism and uh ultra right wingers want to see it because they want to prove media hype about shootings are a lie and that nobody's actually shooting up theaters and then you have regular mouth breeders who are just like oh i like the joker i want to see joker and it's just so fascinating to me because this movie's clearly you if you deny the success of this you're an idiot this is a successful movie very successful movie has has oscar buzz it's making money it's a low but it's low budget so it's making really good money for the, for what it made you cannot deny the success of this movie. So so to be like, ah, oh, Joker sucks and it's stupid and it's failure. No, it's not. It's a huge success. I personally, personally don't like the movie. And I'll get into that more. I I will say, I, re- I think it's a well-made film. I do. Good movie. If it were called anything but Joker, if it were called... Arthur the sad man who had a bad day or falling down part two or copy and paste taxi driver or whatever you want to call this I probably would have way less of a problem with it because it's using the Joker name I have issues with it and I'll get more into that but but that's I am fascinated by the idea that it's found this sweet spot where it's each each one of these fighting groups has found a reason to go see this movie and support it so it's like they're blindly supporting it but for different reasons so they're still fighting despite going to see it so if you're on the right more conservative side of it you're like haha this made tons of money you didn't scare people away stupid liberals and if you're on the more left-leaning side you went to see this because you want to see a broken you you're tired of uh you know, big budget CG movies, and you want to see uh, a character study and this beautiful art house film that's made about uh, mental health and bringing up issues. And if you're a normal person, you just want to see a movie about the Joker, a DC movie, you know, Batman's Nemesis. So they made all this money. And at the end of the day, I'm just like, good for them, okay. I think the Oscar talk is crazy. Um, as much as, as much as Khalif hates, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, I, I think he's a great actor. 
Um, I think he, I think he's very, he's very good in this. He, he works really hard in this, and the character is interesting and all that. Just don't think he's an interesting Joker. That's my problem. Think this is not a good Joker movie. So, I've touched all the media bias stuff. Maybe there's more to go on to it, but I want to dive into the movie a little bit. Joker is a movie, like I said, it's a fine film. It's a well-crafted film. Um, I've seen people critique Todd Phillips. I think he made uh, you know, a good movie. I think he showed that he has acting, uh, directing chops, and he 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 doesn't just make movies like uh, the Hangover movies and, and comedies like Old School and things like that. Like he can also make you know real movies like this, uh, or you would call it a real movie. I still think Old School and the Hangovers are real movies also. But uh, if you're into that, you can say, well, wow, he made a good movie, and and he did for the most part. The problem is to me. And this is a debate I've been having with people nonstop. Is just because it's a good movie, doesn't make it a good Joker movie. And you can argue that till you're blue in the face. I'm not going to change my opinions on that because I've seen the movie. I know what I saw. To me, this is a story of a man who, uh, you know, was was clearly abused as a child. Um, you know, when he when he goes to find out more about his mother, you know, there's clear implications to the paperwork there that, you know, she she was put in there. She was put in Arkham because uh, of abuse to her child, and she was kind of crazy. And and he, an old boyfriend, beat him, and that's why he has this brain trauma and that weird laughing tick so there's a lot of weird stuff going on with him and and that's interesting as a character um but it doesn't make him an interesting joker to me and and the reason i say that and i've argued I've, i've explained this to people my thoughts is the joker throughout god i don't know what 70 80 years whatever however long it's been um he's always been this ominous character uh batman is i would say probably my favorite superhero hands you know just overall favorite superhero it's got you got to go batman for me and so obviously the joker's uh very i don't want to say important i guess but i mean uh, obviously important to me as a character because this is batman's greatest nemesis right this is you've got uh a man who is no superpowers um no nothing special other than money and being very rich and then he's you know uh obviously well trained but um his power is his genius you know batman is considered this people would argue the smartest man in the world or um one of the smartest men in the world so it's this it's this weird it's this weird place that he falls into where he does, he's not a superhero, but he surrounds himself in a world of superheroes. And I'm not talking about Joker, I'm just talking about Batman and the idea of it. Um, but he's he's beneath them as far as he doesn't have, he can't fly, he can't do other stuff, but he, he overcompensates for it by being the best of them, by being the smartest of them, by being the best detective. He's 10 steps ahead of everyone, in no matter how what their powers are. And that's always what's fascinating about batman and also what's fascinating about the joker because the only the only thing the only person the only entity that 
really see over over time i mean there's always different stories where they make small changes but over time the the consistency has been that the one person the one thing that has always stumped batman is joker that he's this ominous being who has been a thorn in batman's side forever it's pretty much since around the same time batman started and he's no closer to really knowing his true identity there's been tons of different origin stories uh for people say well joker's never had an origin and this is just them finally explaining it well one that's stupid i don't want it to be explained to me but fine you know you chalk it up as yeah he's had other origins and the failed comedian thing the guy you know it's more so than this he's taking care of us you know quote-unquote sick mother in other ones he was trying to earn a living to support his pregnant wife um he was a low-level stooge for the mob he was kind of a loser so you can say there's there's facets of all this that fit this movie you know i won't say oh they just made this up out of their ass they didn't there's small things they take right but the problem is to me they don't take enough of it and to me what that says is they made uh, a character study they made an art house film and if you say oh larry what do you go to tag it as an art house film you go to amc's website this is under the banner banner of amc artisan it has a gold lettering around it go to their website and check it out they tag certain movies as artisan films and those are the artistic cinematic films right you know avengers endgame won't have artisan around it um you know uh spider-man far from home won't have artisan around it but they put joker in the artisan film because they're trying to hype this up as an art film and and i get it but the problem is to me you went out of your way to make this oscar bait type you know you want to get the oscar buzz and all this you want to tell a story about mental illness and you know when you push when you push someone down far enough and there's these ultra rich one percenters just stepping on the 99 percent beneath them sooner or later the 99 percent are going to rise up and all it's going to take is a spark of one madman to lift them up and push them to retaliate and fight back and that's what this movie's about you know arthur is that spark to ignite the 99 percent to you know there's we kill the rich that old fascist statement of oh kill the rich and all this that's all there in the movie and I, I i get what it's trying to say and there's nothing wrong with telling that story if that's what you want to take but to me that's the only story they're trying to tell they don't care about the joker i don't think they care about batman or or dc comics or anything like that i think they had an interesting idea to do this and went to warner brothers and said hey look if we do this this way we can do it low budget we can tell this art house story about fighting the rich which is what i what i want to do i want to tell a story about the, the poor rising up and mental illness in this country and all this stuff but no one's going to go see that movie because if you if you name the movie arthur's bad day no one's going to see it because even if it even if it's the same movie without the name joker keep the clown paint because i mean the clown paint isn't significant to joker right because really the paint is kind of a newer thing the heat ledger did most of the time it's a scarring uh it's the bleach skin things like that so uh, keep the keep the face paint take out the waynes the idea of the way keep the thomas wayne character just call him you know thomas trump which was basically what he's supposed to be or or thomas whatever thomas smith 
Okay, so you keep the you keep the same characters. I don't want you to change the movie at all, and then don't have the Wayne name, and don't have the name Gotham. Right, that's it. You don't mention Gotham or the Waynes, and maybe take out again spoilers. Take out the shooting of the Waynes in Crime Alley because it's it's too obvious at that point, right? If you take out the Wayne then Wayne name, and you take out the um. The, the city of Gotham as a character, which it's really not. It's just mentioned in name. This is a movie called Arthur's Bad Day. And when they wanted to make this movie called Arthur's Bad Day, they said, hmm, there's that theory of all, all Joker and the Killing Joke trying to prove that if Commissioner Gordon just had one bad day, he could snap and become crazy too. And all it takes is one bad day. And this premise of, oh, we could make a, we could call this Joker and the story of a, a mentally ill guy having one bad day and then finally snapping could tie into a bigger Joker. And comic book movies are super popular. So now we're going to sell a ton of tickets. And guess what? It worked. It did. It really worked. But this isn't a Joker movie. This isn't a movie that was that looked at and said, oh, we want to tell the story of the Joe finally. It's just, it's hollow when it comes to that. It's, it's just, it's almost, you know, I, I said the definite, my, the first, my first reaction when I came out of this, I posted online, the definition of pretentious. And then I wrote a bunch of stuff that I thought, uh, you know, about a meeting between the people trying to design this film and how they think people are stupid. But to me, this movie was really pretentious because I think it, it thinks the audience is dumb enough to not understand what they did here. They made an art house movie and they just painted it with Joker paint because they know they're going to make millions more by doing that. No one would see a movie about Arthur, the mentally ill guy. You know, if, if it got Oscar buzz, it might make a couple of hundred thousand in theaters and then do well on, on digital or DVD sales. But nobody's going to see this in droves. But when you call it Joker, when you toss in you know, Batman's parents getting shot at the alley at the end. Now it's a Joker movie. Now everyone wants to see it. This is calculated strategy. And good for them. It worked. I applaud. I mean, as much as it annoys me, I it's super smart to do. But that's what I don't personally like about it. You, you didn't. You wanted to tell a, a, a small tale and you just painted it with this comics are popular brush to make a ton of money. And so, like, th th that's what made it pretentious to me that you're assuming people are going to see it. And, and to their credit, I think people are idiots because of the droves who seem to love this movie. Um, it wasn't the smartest movie to me. Like, and, and again, I'm heavy into spoilers here, but, like, it was so telegraphed to me. And, and people I know who've tried to argue back with me and they'll say, oh, well, no, you just don't get it. See, the, the tri there's so much layers to this. And, you know, at the end, he's sitting in Arkham and everything's slightly different. And, you know, for all we know, the whole movie's been made up and, and he's not even really the real Joker. He's just a guy who inspired it. But also it's left ambiguous ambiguous and the even the director himself has said it's kind of up for you to figure out it's up for interpretation that art house style i don't like that i never have there are very few movies inception being one of them i thought inception was excellent but also because the movie the whole movie is just dreams within dreams within dreams and it kind of toys with you so i get that but for the most part when someone makes a movie that is super open-ended like that and they look at they look at the audience and go, "You figure it out. You tell us what you thought happened." 
I don't want to do that with a Joker movie. That's the thing that bothers me. And I know there's already people like, Larry, you idiot. That's the whole point of the Joker. He's ambiguous. He doesn't have an, an official thing. Yeah, I get it. But you're taking that aspect of him and you're using it to tell a weird story that that doesn't really tie into that that idea like okay and let's play devil's advocate let's say that okay this is just one of the joker's origins right that we we get five more joaquin phoenix movies and every time he tells a different story okay maybe if if in we lived in a world where they were like yeah we're going to do that every year for the next five years Joaquin's going to tell a different story and they're all going to be randomly different because no one knows who his Joker truly is. Maybe I'm a little more interested then. Maybe. But that's not how this is going to play out. It's not. Most people are watching this going, oh, so that's who the Joker was before he became the Joker. That's how it's seen now. That's In pop culture, that's what it's seen now. And that makes no sense. This... If you take the story at face value, which you do, you have to if it's a one-shot, even if there's ambiguous moments. Uh, Arthur, he's not a smart man. He's very mentally damaged. He's clearly just kind of a dumb schlub who has tons of problems. He's he's very poor. Um, That morphing into the the great nemesis who cannot be outsmarted by the richest most genius detective that ever lived is nonsense to me the the character of arthur will never be a threat to batman i and i don't care oh he has time to develop he'll change over no he won't okay i'm i'm almost 40 arthur's way older than that right he's probably in his 50s you don't change when you're in your 50s. Maybe you have a change of heart. Maybe maybe something happens to you where you but for that character to have a change to become this super villain now, I don't buy it. I'm sorry, I don't and that's part of the reason I don't like the movie. Second, he's making this all up, right? Let's look at it that way. Okay, he's making it up. We know he makes up lots of stuff. Okay, because the was Murray Franklin, the talk show host Robert De Niro. We know that he imagines him as a father figure through parts of the movie. We they show it. I mean, it's it, that's the thing. It's it's pretentious to me. It's all super heavy handed. Like the the director and the people making it were just like, ah, oh, the audiences are so dumb. We're gonna show it. One one of the things that drove me nuts again, spoilers galore. The character Zazie Beetz character, right? Uh, Joker's girlfriend, you know, whatever whatever you want to consider her. Woman, uh, you know, woman in the building with her daughter. You don't, you don't know if she's a single mother. There's no real explanation. It's just a woman and her daughter. That's all you see. Maybe she has a husband. Maybe she didn't. We don't know, right? So, woman and her daughter lives in the same building as Arthur. They have the interaction in the elevator, and then they casually sprinkle throughout the movie that they've developed a relationship. He kisses her. She's there by his side at his mother's hospital. The entire time I'm watching the movie. I'm sitting there saying, this isn't real. There's no way this is real. On for a million different reasons. I, If you were legitimately fooled by that, and it took to the point of the movie where they show you that he, she was never there with him, I don't know what to think. I, I, I don't want to call you an idiot, but you're an idiot. If you couldn't see that coming from a mile away. 
it was uh, painfully obvious to me. Again, definition of pretentious. Then, uh, it was painfully obvious to me because, one, it was super obvious for his character and the way it was. Two, every time she was around him, they emphasized the blue lighting, almost like it was a dream state. Okay, so, ooh, look at that. Larry knows things about film. They're doing things to overemphasize that this is not real. Okay? Then, they make it even worse by when he walks into his apartment, which is super creepy scene. He goes into her apartment. He's sitting there. She reacts to, oh, my God, you're the guy from down the hall. Bingo. She doesn't know who he is. Leave it at that, right? Leave it there and say, oh, my gosh, you know, he, he never knew her. Nope, they have to fight club it and go back and show every scene that he was with her, but with her removed from it, to be to say, hey, you stupid audience of stupid people who don't know things, look, we're explaining to you, he's really crazy, he's the Joker, he doesn't understand things, he's... So then you have this super weird over-explained thing that didn't need to be over-explained, and then they don't show what he does to her, there's this weird creepiness to it where like he's clearly super mentally ill he he's he's on this snapping rampage of killing people so you have to assume he may he may have killed her he may have killed his daughter uh her daughter which is uh, super sick and weird um there's I, maybe maybe it's just me, but like I almost feel like there's an implication of the way he felt about her. There could have been a weird sexualness to it, like a rape or something. Made it even creepier and worse because she's kind of in like a nightshirt when he's when he's sitting there on her couch, and he says he had a bad day. So it's so so creepy and weird. And okay, Joker's creepy and weird. So I just i just don't get you heavy-handedly explain it and then you leave that vague so it just jumps back and forth from heavy-handedness to pretentiousness to vagueness and then you have the whole end of the movie which again people say oh the whole end of the movie may have never actually happened and then you have the oh well was thomas wayne actually his father because when he looked at the thing on the back it said love thomas on the back of the picture of his mother because they want to play with this vagueness of is he making this up is he seeing things his own way then it it's just it's it's so all over the place and then he goes on murray franklin's show and he shoots murray right and then you know okay that's the point where he's snapping and really becoming the joker but then in the same thing the joker's the agent of chaos the joker loves to push people and inspire people and then he doesn't he doesn't really want to do anything with this movement so i don't know it's just the movie's all over the place to me i don't think it really knows what it wants to be other than this art house style story of a man having a breakdown which again is on its own a good movie but you're invoking the name of the joker you're invoking the name of batman and the dc universe and you, you don't give me the oh batman's not as yes he is Bruce Wayne is in it. He's a small child. The implications, his the death of the Waynes in Crime Alley, which this is my whole next point. And this probably is the sticking point for really made me dislike this movie. The idea of Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne, Batman's father, for the most part, has consistently been been portrayed as a good man. 
that's the best way I can say it. A doctor, a good man, ultra rich, one of the founders of Gotham. The family's been there forever, you know, super rich, old school, but inherently good. While there's tons of other people, even in the in, even in the more common books, you got the Court of Owls who've always been there behind the scenes with Gotham. The Wayne family, at least Thomas, Thomas and Martha Wayne, were good. The idea that the city fell into disarray after the Waynes were gone because the Waynes were the people who saw the poverty and the terrible things behind them and wanted to invest what they had into making Gotham a better place. And those type of people are raising a son who ends up becoming the, the I want to say the justification, he, he ends up becoming the culmination of that, right? Because Bruce Wayne as Batman is the culmination of the Wayne legacy. The, the idea that the city can be more than it's the sum of its parts. The city can be better than what it is. And I'm going to inspire them for that. And I'm going to fight the evil of this city because I know there's good in it. That's, that's what Batman is. That's who Batman is. And how did he get that? He got that from his mother and father. How do kids get anything in life? They get it from their parents. Okay, if Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne are, are greedy asshole aristocrats, guess what Bruce is going to turn out to be? So in this movie, Thomas Wayne coming off as, even though, yeah, I get he's running for mayor, right? He's trying to do better for the city. He comes off like an asshole. He calls, he calls the poor people of the city clowns he li- i mean it's so heavy-handed he calls them clowns I- incessantly creating his problem right creating the joker he's part of the problem the rich create the problems right so you're you're making him part of the problem you're making him tone deaf and out of touch and that's not who thomas wayne is that's not the thomas wayne who raise raises bruce until he's murdered and, in, and Bruce is inspired by who his parents were and the horrible thing that happened to them. And that amalgam creates Batman. You lose all that by the, the character of Thomas Wayne in the movie. But, but critics don't care about that because they don't care about Batman. They don't care about comic books. They don't care about these stories. Which, is my, which takes me back full circle to my point of this movie is not about the joker this movie is not a comic book movie this movie doesn't love that world you it's it's painfully obvious it looks at comic book films and says i mean this is at the same time this is coming out you got those online the the comments from scorsese where he's saying uh comic books as a me comic book movies as a medium are you know kind of stupid I'm, I'm paraphrasing like crazy but um you know he's saying not not his cup of tea right not for him he's a filmmaker he likes cinema this isn't cinema and then you have people wildly offended by that. But it's the truth. Hollywood doesn't look at comic book movies as cinema. They don't. They see them as stupid things for the masses, for the mouth-breathing idiots. you know. And while there's truth to that, right? There's also truth to the idea that like you know people love to say oh mar stupid marvel marvel uh marvel's uh all disney and you know it's the biggest thing in the room so whenever something's the biggest thing in the room it's got to be bad inherently but you look at what marvel did over the past 10 years and trust me i don't know if anyone hates captain marvel more than i do 
but as a whole, the 10, 10 to 11 years of films that created what they call the Infinity Saga now from Iron Man 1 until Avengers Endgame, when I guess Spider-Man Far From Home would technically be the last one. But from that to that point is unprecedented, an amazing feat of, of not just box office glory and billions and billions of dollars, but of storytelling. The arc that, that Robert Downey Jr. takes from Iron Man in Iron Man 1 to Iron Man in Endgame and the, and the legacy he leaves behind in Far From Home is incredible. The emotion that I and millions and millions of people around the world felt when you watched Endgame, when you, when you saw Tony Stark sacrifice, you saw the characters that they came. Is it a perfect movie? God, no. Not at all. There's so many nitpick things you could find in Endgame if you want to. But the over the overlying emotion of that storytelling is you have to sit in awe to that. If you don't, you're an idiot. You you literally are trying to hate it actively. I don't I don't feel that in Joker. And yeah, okay, it's oh, this is just their first outing and trying something new and different, but it's not. You're trying to make a comic book movie into an art house film because you don't think comic book movies are good enough on their own. You think they need a different thing like a character study to do this. And, and there's nothing wrong with character studies. There's nothing wrong with films like this existing. But especially in the world of DC, which is a mess. It's a disaster online. Oh, not everything needs to be a connected universe. Well, when you're telling stories about a connected universe and you don't let them be connected, it kind of does suck, right? So you can have these one-offs and these 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 side little stories, sure, but you're not selling this as a side story that no one knows about. You're selling this as the movie about the Joker and where he came from, right? And I, I just don't think there's any true love. I, I think I think this is going to start a terrible trend. And then again, another reason I don't like this, where Warner Brothers specifically in DC are going to say, oh, this is what people want. Because they follow the money. They don't know what people want. They live such a bubble in Hollywood. They have no clue what normal people, what fans actually want. They live in this bizarre bubble. They're going to say, oh, people want more of this. We're going to get a, a Lex Luthor movie about him having a, a, an abusive father, and that's why it leads him to be the man that he is, and uh, yeah, all this not. And we're going to get uh, villain movies without the heroes, and we're going to get all this dark stuff. And why? Because people want to see the Joker movie. I want to see it. I'm part of the problem. But... This is, this is where it lies, this idea of they don't care about comics, you know? It's the same, same people who don't use the word comic, they only use the word graphic novel because graphic novels are for mature, intelligent readers and comic books are for children. Marvel makes comic book movies. We're making uh, a, a, an art house uh, character study on a graphic novel. It's, it's all BS. People didn't care about comic books when they when they were growing up. They didn't care about Batman and the Joker. They just want to tell art films, and they're using what's popular in popular culture to do it. That's my issue with Joker. And when you when you do it in a sense of like this weird pretentiousness where you over explain certain things and then under explain other things, 
I don't like that. I don't like when you take Thomas Wayne, the basis and foundation, the father of Batman, the person who instills him with the values he has that causes him to become Batman, to just be an archetype for a rich asshole. I don't like it. So I can recognize that you made a decent movie, that you made a well-crafted movie, that it's... I wouldn't, I'm not going to say, oh, it's a bad movie. It's just like stupid Venom and Catwoman and all these dumb movies that are, no, it's not. It's a well-made movie. If that's all you want to hear from me, Joker's a well-made movie. There's no denying that. Do I think it deserves Oscar buzz? Do I think Joaquin Phoenix deserves an Oscar for the greatest performance in the history of mankind? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think this is an Oscar movie at all. I think it's just a movie. It's a movie of, it's, it's falling down. Um, you know, it's heavy handed references to taxi driver and king of comedy and a million other gritty seventies movies. It's, it uses that time frame and style of filmmaking the way once upon a time in Hollywood did. I don't think anything in once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, would be, uh, remiss to be not recognized for Oscar contention. You know, you're going to give it to Arthur, give it, give it to Brad Pitt for Cliff Booth. Because it's the same difference. You're playing a character study in a thing, or Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio in that movie. Um, it's that's to me the hype. The hype on this movie is so outrageous that if you want a story about the outrage of Joker, the outrage is the hype surrounding it. Because it's at the end of the day, it's just a movie. It's it's not great. It's not terrible. It's just a movie. And it's not a movie about the Joker in my eyes. It's just about a guy named Arthur who has a bad day. And even the director himself would argue that point and say, yeah, well, one of the theories could be that uh, is Arthur even the real Joker or is he the inspiration for the Joker? And to that I say, well, that's stupid because you sold this movie as the Joker's origin. And you're just, it's just playing, you're playing a joke on people. And if that's part of the art you were trying to do, congratulations. It's not for me. So that's my opinion on Joker. That's my manifesto. I didn't know if I'd get through an episode, and yet here we are, damn near 45 minutes later. Um, That's my opinions on Joker. If you've made it this far, congratulations. Uh, There probably won't be many more of these solo outings, because I have way too many things to do to do that. But I did want to talk about this movie in detail, without Ramon and Khalif just screaming how much they hate it, because they haven't seen the movie. And uh, I really did want to get into the details of this. So, see for yourself. Give your opinion. I'm sure you either agree or disagree with me. Uh, To be completely honest, most people seem to disagree with me on this. Left left wing, right wing, mouth breather in the middle. Everybody seems to really find something they enjoy about this movie. More power to you. I don't like it. I don't like what it implies is coming. I don't like portrayals of characters. I don't like the co-opting of comic books to sell an art house film i don't like all of that mixed up together so i don't like this movie and to me it's a bad joker movie bottom line no no uh no politics no media bias no nonsense um but see what you want and i'm sure people will hate me for that but uh but yeah that's the joker see you guys next time outside the theater larry ramon khalif Till their arguments finish, they gon' stay in the street They've been at this for years, like every day of the week And every day they debate a new way to bring the heat The 
outside the theater Committing flagrant fouls until the referees tear up the three of them outside the three and up The threats legends for best kisses Your best bet is to listen to Outside the Theater Podcast